Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we'll be talking about tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Our topic today, we're going to be talking about downtime, what you can do to help your players fill it, some options to help add to the flavor and realism of your game world. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show today. With me in the studio is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. Hey guys, I, I, I've been thinking, and I got a question. Are you all getting paid for this? <clears throat> uh, Ed, we're not going to lie to you. So today we're talking about downtime in the games and what you can do in between adventures. Now, you're going to be sending your party off to go conquer the mountains of Blackmore and then have to defeat the Dark Wizard. And that can be really exciting to do. And everybody has those adventures planned and planned out and stuff going on. But there's going to be time in between. And that's what we're talking about today is the in-between time. What you can do as a DM to give your players stuff to do, how to use downtime, and different options you know, to kind of add to the game and help enhance the flavor rather than making it a chore to slog through. So what are your guys' thoughts on using downtime in a game? I think one of the great things is the usage of it can be is to add that sense of realism uh, to prevent the farm boy from leaving the farm on Tuesday, slaying his ogres over the weekend. The next weekend, he's fighting off giants. The following week, it's dragons. And then by the end of the month, he's fighting and killing gods. You know, if you don't insert that downtime, everything really compresses down to the fact where anybody could be in a powerful adventurer if they're just willing to you know, take a few weeks off of work, put a little time in, grind out the XP and be done. Adding in that downtime in between adventures stretches things out, moves, lets the story move along at a more reasonable pace, a little more bite-sized, and keeps you from leveling up and really interacting and altering the world so quickly. Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I like downtime. I sort of almost force my players into it occasionally. Like, one thing I like to do is, uh, between adventures, make some time just pass. You know, like, ha- give them, you know, that, like, introduction dungeon, you know, or something where they have to go, like, do something to save a local well or whatnot. Something's poisoning it, and they have to delve down to find out what it is or something. I don't know. It could be more interesting than that. Yeah, but, intro adventures. But then after that, you know, let, you know, two, three months pass, uh, a year pass, you know, that sort of thing. Maybe you do a big adventure where the group gets from, like, first level to eighth level at the end of the adventure. Skip a year or two. You know? You know, okay, yeah, so you guys were going up against, you know, a goblin army, uh, and in the last two years, you guys have been routing the, the remnants of the army and doing other things. Fortifying the landscape, making yeah. sure that the militias are properly armed and equipped and trained so that... And in that sort of scenario, you sort of ask your players, you know, okay, so this is the end of the, the adventure. Uh, there's two years that pass. What do your characters do? You know, and, you know, don't don't expect them or don't even allow them to give you like a detailed list of the seven hundred and 
or 820, no, 730 days or whatever it is. That's too, I can't do math right now. Well, on Monday, you know, I had roast beef and pork for lunch. Right. You and, know, <laughs> I, I mean, I've known some players who want to break it down like that and, and, you know, and sort of even expect experience. But, you know, just make it clear. Look, there's no experience for this. You're just, it's what your character do to, or during this time, you know. You know what do you do? Okay, there's some some people might say, well, my character's a mercenary, so he's just gonna be a mercenary. Okay, you're a professional mercenary for the next two years. You don't gain any XP, but you do go around mercenarying, and you get mercenary contacts out of that. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably get a story hook built in. You know, maybe you took a mercenary contract that you got screwed over. You've been looking for the guy, but you haven't found him. And then when the campaign picks up again, maybe you find out where this guy is. Exactly. You can add in story hooks built from there. I think downtime's a great time to cycle characters. Yeah. I like this character, but I want to play something different. Yep. Yeah. Uh, usually one or two times in games that I'll run, I'll get to a point where it's sort of a stop point. Uh, I actually did this on a 5th edition game. I was running The Lost Minds of Fandelver, and they actually, there was a pretty good stop point before they went into the mines. And uh, I said, okay, well, the game's going to continue, but if anyone wants to change characters now, it'd be the best time to do it. So they did. You know, one or two of them did. And I think that's, you know, you want to add those points where there is uh, downtime, even if it's just a point within the, the game itself. Yeah, even if it's just a day or two. You know, maybe maybe if you planned, you know, four or five or six adventures and you guys have had, you know, maybe seven or eight, you know, you know gaming sessions... And thing, even if things have been going well, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to actually, after that last one, I'm going to say like a week's going to go by. And I'm going to give everyone a chance to just do their own thing. And also, hey, if any of you want to bring in new characters, now would be the time to do it. Yeah, as a GM, I usually try to say, I, I let people tag out for new characters, but I do try to keep uh, the requirement of the character has to have an in-character reason for retiring, giving up. Now, that can be as simple as, you know, I found someone, I fell in love, and I want to live here. It can be, I'm rich now, I have no need to put my neck on the line. Or just, I've seen too many of my friends die, I'm ready to to lead a peaceful life. Yeah, you know, if you really think about it, uh, you know, if you look into the world of D&D, you know, a gold piece is supposed to be a lot of money. It's not, you know... Uh, one gold piece doesn't make you filthy rich, but it's, you know, it's a good chunk of money. You know, if you look at what a copper piece can buy you, it's essentially like a dollar or two in, you know, in today's world, you know. Uh, so, you know, gold piece, you know, that's going to come out to like a hundred, a hundred bucks or 20 bucks. So if you Sorry. get, so if you kill the dragon and come back with 25,000 gold. Right. You split that amongst your group. You got 5,000 gold pieces. Basically, you're a millionaire. Why wouldn't you retire or take some time off or start your own business or whatever you want to do? Take the easy, easy gigs, you know, um, and that's perfectly fine. That makes sense. And then you can even come back to that player or that character later. You know, oh, you meet that character somewhere, maybe they different city. They open their own, you know, bard school or something, you know. Yeah, you can make PCs into NPCs, which also gives your players a nice feel for being able to influence the game world right i know we've had that happen in a couple of the games we've had where a player has stopped playing or left for or changed characters for whatever reason and the existing character that still remains in that world still is persistent often winds up becoming at least a character of 
passing importance in a later storyline so the players can see it and be like oh hey that was that was this person's character or that was my character from two campaigns ago uh i mean another thing too like maybe part of the quest you liberated this you know kind of old fort that nobody's using anymore you know maybe in your downtime you get permission from a local noble or something and you start fixing the thing up and it belongs to your group now (laughs) That was actually the plot, I believe, of the campaign. The campaign right before you started joining our group. Oh, yeah. It it pretty much uh, came to its apex with us getting a fort and fixing it up. and Forming a new adventuring guild. Yeah. Based, uh, headquartered out of that fort. Yep. Indeed. I I think uh, downtime's... I like to use downtime for more character development, you know, or character resolution. Cause a lot of characters, you know, or PCs come into my game or the players come into my game with their PCs, I should say, um, with a, you know, some sort of background written up where they like, they have some sort of thing that they want to resolve on a personal basis. And I usually kind of send them right into some sort of campaign where they might touch on that a little bit, but, you know, depending on the character, not all characters get as much time during that campaign as, you know, as others might. So like during the downtime is a good time for like, okay, well, you've been wanting to go investigate, you know, your long lost half brother and where he's been doing. So now's a good opportunity for us to kind of like talk through that or, you know, maybe even, you know, okay, while we're, while we're doing downtime, this isn't necessarily, you know, the worthy of an adventure, no offense to your character, but, you know, we can talk through some stuff, maybe do a little private one-on-one session if you really want to kind of like play through some stuff, or we can just kind of discuss, hey, this, you know, you, okay, you meet your half-brother, he's a blind noble, and this is what's going on with him, and blah, 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 and kind of figure those things out, um, you know, so you have a few opportunities of how you can handle this, some of that resolution or like Jerry had mentioned, okay, so during this two years that you had set up, you know, in your situation, Ed, you know, okay, this is what happened to you. So now we're setting up new, you know, story hooks, new plot lines, new backgrounds to play with that I can then twist in and play with in the, you know, the upcoming campaigns or wait till the next downtime session. But the big thing is the opportunity to spend money. Yes. That's yeah. the biggest thing for downtime is like you pl- role play through and session through, you know, all these, you know, campaigns and adventures of basically like accumulating wealth and power and status and not a lot of pl- um, PCs get to see the payoff of that. You know, like, okay, I've got money. Maybe I got a few magic items or maybe I got to buy a magic item here or there along the way during the campaign. But like I could own a freaking kingdom with the money that I have. Like yeah. now, you know, downtime, this is, this is the time to spend it. This is the time to establish or build what you want to build. You tell me what you're doing with your money. You tell me what you want to do with your character and let's make it happen. I believe the fifth edition dungeon, fifth edition dungeons and dragons, dungeon masters guide has some guidelines for, uh, maintenance costs. So if they want to set up a business or a castle or a a lodge or something, it talks about how much it's going to cost per day to maintain it, how much it's going to make on its own. So you can get at least rough ideas for that information so you can start to look and, you know, maybe they need to go out adventuring because the coffers are starting to run a little low. Yeah, which is nice kind of like thinking about that because not everyone takes into account the, you know, the maintenance, you know, the day-to-day costs. You know, some people think... I'm going to buy it. And then that's it. That's the end of it. It's like, no, you know, look at your life today. Like you have regular bills, man. Right. 
There is a reason you're going to work five days out of the week or whatever it is that you work. <laughs> you know, there's a reason you're, you're doing, you know, you're, you're working weekly to get those paychecks because you got bills. Right. You know, you got to make sure that, you know, that, you know, you're paying your henchmen, your hirelings, your employees, whatever it is you're playing, you know, paying for your keep your, your horses fed, whatever it is, you know, your, your business or establishment it is, there's going to be some wear and tear on the place. Things need to get fixed. You know, things need, you know, you need to eat. <laughs> so. It was interesting. You know, what we had talked about earlier there with us setting up the fort and you mentioning the you need to eat reminded me of actually another good tip that we came up with in that is sometimes you have downtime and just let the PCs decide how that downtime gets passed and spent. This was specifically off, I think we mentioned this in a previous podcast, where we had a game where we had a couple weeks of downtime, and we, we as players at the table, spent 30 to 40 minutes discussing and making sure that our food logistics were set up so that our characters would be able to eat the whole time. Yes. We really got into detail in figuring out how all that worked, but as players... There was something that we were thinking about. <laughs> it was something that, as you know, as the DM, like it kind of crossed my mind. I'm like, well, as long as they address it, I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't really going to be like, okay, well, you got to make sure that you have every crumb accounted for to make sure you guys don't starve the next couple of weeks. But I'm like, you know, if they address it and they have a, a decent plan, then great, cool. But yeah, they ended up spending like, like dang near close to an hour, maybe over an hour, you know, like this, we're going to grow this much crops and we have these spells available to us and we got this and we got these rations already and blah, blah, blah. And like, just nailed it out like down to the crumb practically day planning <laughs> for like okay we're gonna spend this time like we got to clear bodies we got to set up a graveyard because we, we were taking this was again at the fort and there was a battle and okay taking care of that disposing of the bodies setting up the graveyard patching up the defenses shoring up the road da, 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 just so that as the time passed we knew what our characters were doing and that actually brings up a good point you're gonna have times when your players almost demand a, a session or part of a session for downtime. Now you don't always have to go to that. You know, if you have something that's immediately going to happen, well, they're going to deal with it. But yeah. if you don't, then that lets them do that. I mean, a lot of the groups that I've been in, uh, well, they're basically uh, junkers. Every single monster they take, they want all the gear on that monster. They want their weapons. They want their armor. They want everything. You know, now sometimes you can just say it's worthless, but if every monster they go against that has chain armor, if every one of those chain armors is always worthless, you know, they're going to start getting a little, wait a second here, hold on. And plus, if nothing else, you got scrap metal value. Exactly, exactly. So they're going to take all of that and they're going to want to go sell it. And that's a very common trope in fantasy is to take your armor and weapons, go sell them to the, to the, you know, to the weapons master or whatever, and, you know, get a a halfway decent deal on them and then see if you can't use that money to, you know, buy something better. Uh, Same with gear, same with goods. If you find, you know, uh, wagons loads full of goods, then you might sell those. You know, all kind, all kinds of stuff that you. I I love giving my players trade goods and artwork and stuff like that. They have to. figure out and negotiate a buyer for it. Yeah, we know. Yeah, I have noticed that players have gotten ex- exceedingly greedy in, like, over the last couple decades of play, you know what I mean? Like, it used yeah. to be, like, okay, uh, he's got a couple gold in his pouch, and, you know, like, this notable item, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's got a, oh, I know you need a longsword, he's got a really nice longsword kind of thing, you know what I mean? But now it's, like, strip him. 
<laughs> like, I don't care what he's wearing. Strip Goblin hide armor? That's somebody's fetish. Yeah, like, <laughs> like strip him. I don't care. Like, oh, he's got, he, well, he's just wearing crappy leather armor. You guys are all wearing, like, really nice studded leather armor. Strip him. Like, just everything, just bring, t- take his loincloth, strip him. Like, just everything's worth something. You know, so everything's worth something to somebody. Like, that might only ca- catch, a, a, you know, two copper, but that's two more copper than we had before. And, like, they'll, they'll kill an owlbear. It's an owlbear. It doesn't have anything. All right, string him up. It. We're skinning him. We're harvesting the meat. We're taking all the organs and grinding them up into powder to use for components. And it's yeah, like- I've, I've had uh, several players give certain monsters full body cavity searches. You're like, you never know where a ruby might pop up. I'm like, uh, dude, I would have just gave you the sure ruby, dude. <laughs> they're, they don't, the, the owlbears don't have some weird, uh, you know, gem fetish where they're just like, Well, I will say there were some dungeons I played in that were specifically designed that way. Like, I remember I played in a game where the GM, uh, he, in, he incorporated stalls into the dungeon. So somewhere where you can go take a poop. Okay. And we'd been two or three levels in and barely any gold. So someone started complaining at one point. He says, well, you haven't checked everywhere. And we're like, yeah, I get the concept of monsters eating treasure. No, (laughs) no, nobody's going to hide their treasure in the poop. He's like, they're not hiding it there. They ate it and then they passed it. (laughs) No, it was, it was, it was like a, like a, a bag of loot that we found down there. I, I mean, I think some of that comes from uh, old school and video game days where it could be like, yeah. okay, you kill a spider and get a halberd, five gold, a ruby, and a breastplate. And some of that, I like think, that comes Diablo, from DMs you know, trying like you to be kill clever. something, it turns into a loot fountain. Yeah. I think some of it comes from DMs trying to be clever with their players, too. You know, the whole, like, hiding loot in a toilet or, you know, like, oh, well, we're it's not really going to get... Some of it's just a big dick move. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, well, you think you're trying to out-clever your, your players, so really you're just kind of being a douche. Like, okay, well, you haven't anal cavity searched the owlbears for all the diamonds that they had shoved up their butts. And like, right. well, like, well, excuse me <laughs> for not slapping on some rubber go- gloves and going diving in some owlbear friggin' no, you know, no, butts. No, 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 rubber gloves were not invented yet <laughs> so yeah Barefist in it. Yeah. yeah but i mean you certainly you know i can understand wanting to use at least most of if not all of the parts of like an animal you know if you have the time why not skin it and take the meat you know if your characters are survival based but it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me for like the city cleric or the city rogue to automatically think to do that like the ranger outlander dude who's out there all the time is like hold on guys you know if we're going to kill the animal we're going to use all its parts yeah i mean if if that guy's you know you know stringing them up and skinning them and doing all the stuff that they need to do to to preserve everything sure fine but i had a ranger that would uh process his uh, his prey is like whatever he had caught during his nightly watches. Yeah, that's fine. So he'd use that time, like I'm on watch so if something comes around, but at the same time, you know, I want to get the scun, get the meat harvested so we can take care of yeah, which again, you know, downtime, you know, you can squeeze downtime into little moments like that. Like, okay, well, during my nightly watch, I have a little bit of downtime because I'm just staying awake. Right. I'm going to skin this wolf. Yeah. You can do micro portions of downtime, as it were. One of, I used to play a long running vampire game and every now and then there'd be a night where we didn't have anything 
planned going on. Some of those nights were used, okay, we've got plans we've wanted to get to, let's get them started up. And some of the most fun nights were just nights where we're just like, okay, we have nothing going on. Let's go out and have some fun. Right. And we just randomly, as players, just like, we're going to try to find something to do. And it turned into some really fun times. And that actually brings me back. Jared sort of hit on it earlier was uh, one thing you could do is downtime for like mini adventures or side quests. You know, there's no reason you can't do that. Uh, you know, so long as the GM, you know, wants to do that and it's, it's, it's prepared. Maybe the, maybe the downtime is in game downtime. So your characters get bored, you know, you have three months of downtime, you get bored after two weeks, but then, you know, the guy who's been looking for the, you know, murderer of his parents, you know, overhears something in a bar and it, you know, there's some count, you know, uh, you know, a week away who might have more information. Why wouldn't the players all go check it out? They're bored as hell. And you might even have an option there where the guy goes, well, my cleric, he's working his duties at the temple. He's not interested in going. But I've been looking at playing the sellsword class. Do you mind, like, hiring him for the trip? And I'll right. just play somebody different for this quick adventure? Right. And that's another great way to do it. That's, a, like you say, incorporating new characters. You know, if you're doing something for downtime and you kind of have this planned, yeah, why not, throw, why not bring a different character in, you know? Uh, it's also a good way... Uh, sort of another way, I guess it's reverse downtime, this example, but I, I'm, I'm actually in a Heroes game, well, Villains, and my guy's a super genius, so I'm always trying to come up with new things, so half the time while we're doing adventures, the GM will be like, okay, what do you want to do? And I'll say, downtime. That's all I tell him, it's just downtime. And then later we go over, okay, so the downtime, eventually I'll start making rolls on my skill checks to see how well I did during my downtime. Because, you know, you know, I'm, I I understand, you know, that this all this stuff is going to take a long time. You know, uh, just this past week, uh, my, he says, what do you want your character to do? And I said, well, I plan on building some robotic suits now because our characters just got the money to do it. We're going to build some robotic suits. That's going to take a while, but that's what my character's doing. Yep. So I didn't have a robotic suit that session. I'm not even sure if I'll have one ready on next session. But eventually, my downtime is finished. I have a robotic suit. You that's... Know? That's, I think, comes into using the downtime for training characters. Exactly, yeah. You, you can level up your characters. They train. They give, it gives you that reason why all of a sudden I can hit harder. I know more spells. I have more health. Well, in that downtime, you were working out. You were practicing with a sword. You were studying books. You were attending to your duties in the temple. You were doing what right. you needed to improve your power and build your character. Um, yeah, I'm, that's a style that I've read about, you know, using the, the whole training to level up kind of thing that I've thought about using. I've toyed with the idea of it. I think I might use it as for like a smaller adventure kind of deal just to right. dabble with it. But the whole like you're earning experience points, you might be leveling up and I'll like I'll give you the hit points as you level up, like on the spot kind of thing, maybe. But like new skills, new proficiencies, you know, that kind of deal. You like you need to train it out kind of deal. Yeah, I was actually in a game. um it was second edition. Uh, we called it like two point five eight one six because they messed with it so much. But uh, the one of the th- concepts that they went off was it was called reflecting. When your character uh, was done, you guys could level up, but you, to do that, you had to reflect, uh, which is basically your character going over what it, what happened and sort of learning from their experience, and then 
uh, at that point, that's when your character could level up. And it took some time. Like, I think it was maybe, I don't want to say days. I think it might have been like, like maybe a couple of days per level or like a week per level. You know, so your character had to take that time off to level up because otherwise you haven't learned anything. Mm-hmm. You, you're not getting better. You're just that same guy who went in and flogged away yeah. at some goblins. Yeah, I, I really like the concept because, again, you know, it forces that downtime. It forces, the you know, again, that reflection time because, I mean, too many times, like, I've seen, like, okay, well, I'm level four and I just went through and we slaughtered some stuff and... Well, normally I would need to rest and, you know, normally I probably wouldn't really be able to handle this next little encounter, but I just leveled up. So it's fine. Let's go keep going. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, no, you're still all frigged up and you don't have any more spell slots because you just leveled, you know, uh, take a night off. (laughs) And I think enforcing a little bit of downtime to allow the characters to grow and develop is, is useful. It is important. Um, I know for our, for the groups that I played with for playing White Wolf systems, um, it's a different type of experience from Dungeons and Dragons. For those of you that aren't familiar, you earn experience almost as a currency and then spend it to improve specific skills or scores. And at the end of each session, we actually had a set of questions. And if you answered a question ap- appropriately, you could gain an additional experience point. And one of the questions was, what did your character learn that was important during this session? Yep. So you gained extra experience by having your character grow and develop and learn new things, whether about the powers, whether about their adversaries, their allies, the world, whatever. As long as you prove that your character was growing, you right. gained extra experience for it. Yeah, it's one of those functions that, like, you know, in, like, games like Oblivion and Morrowind like that, where, like, you know, like, you get, you level up your jump skill by jumping. You know, you level up your athletic skill by walking around, you know what I mean? Like, that sort of thing, like, like that kind of almost hyper-realism for, like, skill building is really cool. I mean, I couldn't imagine a, a tabletop system that would work without, micro, you know, micromanaging every little thing like that. <laughs> it would be obnoxious as crap, but... It's one of those little characteristics that I kind of liked about those games. Like, oh, well, you can't use magic all the time to kill everybody and then, like, put points in your sword skill. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, if you're killing everyone with magic, then your magic skills Your magic goes up, yeah. One of the things that I like with the the Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, I think it's third edition that I have that's really good, is it forces you to build rounded characters because even though... Your character is a tough-as-nails mercenary. Yes, you're going to learn how to get better at fighting with a sword, but you also have to increase your fellowship, your social score, because you have to learn how to negotiate contracts. Right. And you have to build up your agility, you know, which is because you guys are going to get better at this just in order to dodge and survive. So, And it forces you to, to across the board, increase your character in a more rounded fashion. Yeah, uh, in in one of the actually that same gaming group I was in that had the the kind of mashed up second edition. They also did this sort of deal. I don't know. This could have been D and I didn't really play a lot of second edition D and D except with this group. Was if you were multi-classed, then they sort of gave you experience based on how you handled each class. So you know, if you were like a fighter rogue and you got into a lot of you know upfront combats. You know, you took some hits, but you dished out a bunch of damage and did a lot of that. 
you know, but maybe that session you didn't do a lot of sneaking, then they would, you know, give you experience, but most of your experience would go towards fighter, you know, um, or if you did, you know, a, a lot of sneaking and thieving and, you, you know, you stole a bunch, uh, maybe you got some sneak attacks in, that sort of thing, then vice versa, you know. Um, and that way, it's sort of like, like, it, I, I believe in that way, it's like you're leveling up each different one as it goes, but whichever one you're using the most uh, is sort of the one that gets better because that's just the one you're relying on. Right, yeah. You know. And that was kind of an interesting way of doing it. So for downtime, we've discussed letting players grow and develop their characters, letting them take in the fruits of their rewards, giving them chances to advance their plot lines, advance their storylines, and also keeping them from advancing too rapidly. There's another point of downtime that I'd like to to touch on before we before we wrap it all up, and that's giving downtime to the world so right. that your players exist, but the world should also persist, persist and go through go forward so maybe winter comes along okay your players are not going to be out and traveling during winter and as during the winter the local inn gets sold so now instead of the red dragon inn it's the running pig inn it's a different bartender that they go to the world changes develops and grows during this downtime as time passes and that adds a sense of realism to the world that lets your players get immersed in there as well yeah and it also makes sense like if you're you know, adventure was that you, you know, cut off the, the head to the hobgoblin army and, uh, you know, that sort of hurt the evil plans that were waiting for you at higher levels. Then that's spoiled again. Yeah, you could, first of all, if this, you know, say that force was sort of oppressing an area, you can map out like how that has changed now. Like trade flourishes a bit more. People are, you know, getting more money. Uh, that they're doing better. That sort of thing. You know, uh, you could throw that in there. Also, um, how that affects the world. Because if there's some evil overlord and that army was part of his force, now he's got to come over and see what that is. But that means he's got to move some of his troops from other areas to do that. That also might mean that he may have to deal with other threats who who now see that he's taken a blow and see him as weakened. Exactly. He needs to make sure that he's still considered strong. Exactly. During downtime, I mean, remember, politics is a thing, even if you don't necessarily address it in your game. You know, how does it change the political atmosphere? If you've got this, you know, powerful, you know, overlord, you know, uh, who's been, you know, handed a big defeat like that or a big loss, you're going to have uh, other forces who are going to try to, uh, you know, kind of capitalize on that. So how does it affect your world as a whole? Politics are definitely a deep and intricate issue. I know from the very beginning on our our initial thoughts for uh, ideas for shows, we talked about how to do politics. Mm -hmm. And since then... And this is kind of for the listeners, but since then, every time it's come up and we're trying to decide what our next topics are, we're like, well, we could do politics. <laughs> no, I'm uh, good, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do something else. We'll do politics later because it's an interesting topic, but it is such a complex, but it can make the world really pop and come alive. And we want to give you more info on that than just watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those like, I understand a lot of uh, aspects to that, but at the same time, like I almost feel like I need to do more research just so I, you know, to, to come at it right. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a, a an in depth topic. Maybe we'll uh, do some research on this during our downtime. 
and I was I was actually going to wrap it up with a different joke, but we'll let that one go. I, I, I like it. It's fine. Um, we'll figure <laughs> it out, <laughs> and we will uh, wrap things up for now and today. And so please feel free to uh, like, comment, and subscribe to us on Facebook. You can view us on Twitter at GMS Studios. We are also available in message boards, GameMasterStudios.ProBoards.com. And we'll wrap it up. We are here every week with new content, and we will see you the next time that we are in the studio.